Welcome to the IBM Interconnect 2017 podcast series. We're coming to you from sunny Las Vegas in the USA. I'm Des Blanchfield and I'm your host. And I'm here today for this podcast and I have the pleasure of having David Matheson with me. David's the CEO and founder of the CDO Club and CDO Summit. And we were talking earlier, David, and you highlighted that three key things related to this event in particular that you're interested in were digital, data, and analytics. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us and making time. What has the event been like so far for you, and what are some of the key takeaways you could share? Well, Des, first of all, it's a pleasure to be here with you in Las Vegas. You know, we just came in from Australia, both of us. We flew in on a 20-hour odyssey, (laughs) and uh, we were, I was honored to share the stage with you in Sydney at the opening keynote for the Sydney CDO Summit. It seems like forever, but it was literally one week ago today that we were in Sydney, Australia, and yes, now we're in lovely Las Vegas. And congratulations on the event, by the way. It was a resounding success. the people that were there I spoke to loved it. Great feedback. I got some awesome tweets. But again, thanks for letting me do the opening keynote. I mean, that was just a real honor. Um, I couldn't think of anyone better to kick it off in Australia with the Australian accent. It was authentic. I loved how you pulled that off. Uh, for those of you listening, he actually has a New York accent. I think Brooklyn, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I don't know about that. But you did, you did very well. And it was a good way to open the show and, and really kick off the summit. So thanks for your compliments there. And yes, of course, here we are at Interconnect. And, uh, you know, wow, this event is unbelievable. I think that, actually, I know that we met last year at an IBM event, the World of Watson event, which blew my mind, right? Wasn't it phenomenal? I mean, it was phenomenal because on a couple of levels, just like Interconnect, it was, number one, overwhelming. You know, there is so much going on. There are so many high-quality speakers, but then you also dig down into the details, and you really do get, uh, you know, an overwhelming amount of information. Um, The key takeaways for me are things like, uh, you know, the the Watson data platform, for example. You know, I've got an audience, as you mentioned, my members of uh, the CDO club are a couple of thousand of the world's best chief digital officers, chief data officers, chief data scientists, and chief analytics officers. And I'm, you know, kind of out there trying to make sure that I'm trying to stay on top of the latest trends. There's no better place to stay on top of the latest trends than here at IBM Interconnect. You know, you're learning about the Watson data platform, a data first uh, platform. Um, and these are tools that uh, not only uh, can you take away to the highest level, but then they also have teams underneath them that need to be trained up on these new tools. Well, you know, again, I think uh, IBM's uh, theme here is make data simple, and it really does allow uh, just about anyone to do what used to be the realm of the professional chief analytics officer. Yes. Now, just about anyone, I think they call yes. it, you know, the citizen analyst, right? Mm-hmm. Now, just about anyone, thanks to Watson, with its natural language input and query mechanism, just about anybody can run sophisticated queries that used to be in the realm of the professional. So it's an overwhelming, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It keeps me on top of the latest uh, topics and trends. And, of course, it allows me to network with some of the most, uh, you know, the brightest people on the planet here at IBM. Do you know, actually, it was a comment I made to someone earlier this morning. I can't recall who it was. It might have been Ailey um, or, or another one of the IBM team. But uh, we all go to a lot of big events. We, we see them all around the place, probably more uh, yourself globally than I do uh, being in Australia. But um, the general sense I've gotten from the last couple of events with IBM that I've had the privilege to be invited to is that they're focused on people and the humanities. 
Right. You know, last year we had, I, mean, I was honored to meet you. It's been a privilege to, be, to come to know you better and become a friend. We've had a great week this week together and, and we've been a, probably the naughty kids at the back of the bus sometimes. <laughs> um, but no, I think, I think you summed it up very well. And uh, the focus on people and humanities and, and how we're going to take data and, and make it usable by people and gain some insight and get some value from them. You know, I think there was a great summary on it. Uh, there was actually an event I uh, had the privilege of being part of on, on Sunday as well when I first arrived. It was the Open Tech Summit. And it had the same, uh, I guess, theme, and that was uh, it was open source developers, some of the open source tools like Hadoop and Spark and so forth, and, um, and, and certainly the, the blending of those, which became the likes of the, the data science experience, and I called it day zero. Uh, but what was interesting is we had a very large sort of proprietary uh, styled organization historically had met open source uh, head on in a positive sense. And so it was kind of like the ultimate meetup, uh, birds of a feather of geeks, who had kind of, you know, at the same time met IBM halfway. It was quite uh, uh, interesting to see because I think the big trend we've seen in these last couple of events, particularly this one, is that IBM has endorsed open source, has embraced it, has become a, a significant contributor to them. I mean, some of the bigger projects like Spark, IBM are one of the largest, if not the largest, contributor of code, design, et cetera, and, and a champion. And when we saw the data science experience now being available on desktop, I mean, that's just mind-boggling. Sure. Um, well, on that note, you know, I mean, when you go open source, you're really embracing the community. And one of the things I'm really uh, that I took away again from this event was that they're really folk, they're hyper focused on the CDO and building correct. out that community, on building out the analytics community and the data community. And that's important because you know if we've learned anything over the last five to ten years, it's that the community will build the company, yes. right? And I think the best way to combat you know what happens when your customers become your competitors, and we've seen that happen in the music industry with Napster. Yeah. Everyone can now create music the customers Absolutely. become your competitor and same thing is true in Wikipedia they've completely blown away Encyclopedia Britannica because the users are creating mm -hmm. the content in mm -hmm. Facebook the users entertain and educate each other in YouTube the users create the video and even with Apple and Google the users are creating the apps yes so now the goal for IBM I think should be is how do we harness the community and allow them through open source and through you know community building and unconference methods to actually you know embrace this yeah. trend instead of battle it. So uh, I, you're right. You're, I think you're absolutely right in pointing that out. The first day of this summit was the uh, birds of a feather and that sort of unconference feel mm. to that Sunday event, and uh, I think they're on the right track. I think this is a perfect time for them and uh, I hope that they can execute on it well because that is the future. We're seeing that in every business model including even Uber Absolutely. where the yeah. customers, the drivers yeah. are the company and you look at Airbnb, the customers are now uh, the company. They're yeah. renting out space. I think the quote was that it took Hilton hotels a hundred years to get 900,000 rooms and you know Airbnb got there in in nine months and they don't own any property Uber doesn't own any cabs so that's the it? model yeah, so I'm glad yeah. IBM is embracing that user community and I think the open source uh, experience taught them that data should also be open in a sense as well I mean they, yeah. they're very big on the governance of your data and the, the protection and security of your data but at the same time they make it possible to share the bits of data you want to um, you brought now, up a good point too about 
you know, you were saying that I, I see this from a global perspective. You know, take it back a few years. We were the first to do an event for chief digital officers right. and the first to do an event for chief data. And we followed this trend throughout the globe. So I've had a unique perspective on the best leaders in every country. Yeah. And I could say sometimes you think from a parochial perspective, Australia is the best or America is the best. And, you know, as an American, having traveled to England and France and in Australia, there are some fantastic models out there with incredible leaders, both chief digital and chief data officers, that to me are the exemplars right now. And how yes. do we take yes. some of those examples? I think Australia did a wonderful job of taking Paul Shetler out of the UK. Paul Shetler was chief digital officer of UK's Ministry of Justice. Fast forward a year mm -hmm. later, mm -hmm. and he's reporting into Prime Minister yeah. Malcolm Turnbull as the CEO of the Digital Transformation Agency. It goes to show just how we're going crossing borders now seamlessly. He's an American. He was in the yeah, UK Ministry yeah, of Justice, yeah. and then he was most recently in Australia reporting right up to the Prime Minister. It shows two things, how seamless the borders are when it comes to talent mm -hmm. and technology, mm -hmm. but number two, how incredibly important these roles are. You know, if you were to look at chief marketing officers or CIOs, there are hundreds of thousands of them. You could yeah. never get to meet all of them in your lifetime, but we're actually in a unique world where you know, with just a couple of thousand of chief digital and chief data officers, you could meet every one of them, you yes, know, yeah. if you set your mind to it. And you probably should, because these are not the future leaders of society. They're actually, in a lot of cases, leading society the right lead, now. CEO yeah. reporting in, you know, I met the CEO of Digital Israel, who reports into Prime Minister Netanyahu. Wow. I mean, these are, you yeah. know, the leaders They're the movers right and now. shakers. They're the movers and shakers. So and was in it, some ways, going around government. There was a takeaway from your event uh, last week, actually, that, or the week before, sorry that I, um, I wrote down when I was listening to, to you give your, your opening uh, presentation, and that was what you were highlighting is this journey from CDO to CEO. And I, I found that uh, surprising to start with, but then it made sense when you went through it in detail and explained it. And I, I, I think people probably haven't sat and paid attention to that key point that the next CEO is likely to have been a CDO of some form, particularly digital officer, yeah? Now, Definitely. I'm going to circle back. Yeah, uh, and on that, on that yeah, note, though, we started tracking that. We're the only company that tracks the CDO to CEO career path. Right. And I felt a couple of years ago it was important because yeah. one doesn't detect a trend until one starts to track it. So I thought, you know, there were companies like Forrester that were saying, oh, the CDO yeah. is yeah. a transitional role. Well, I thought, well, yeah, it's transitioning to CEO. You know, sure. <laughs> so these people are not important to you anymore. Yeah. They're even more important. And then when I looked deeply into their backgrounds, it was no surprise because then when you look into their career paths, 80, for example, 86% of CDOs in the media sector alone previously had experience as general manager, executive director, president, or CEO. So wow. it's no surprise that these people are becoming CEO. Yeah. They were CEO, you know? Yeah. Uh, data's a little bit different because they don't have that background. You know, most of them are coming up from a technical track. But two big announcements, right? Yeah. Two chief data officers who became CEO are very famous. You know, the first was Jonathan Liu. When Alibaba went public, mm. Jack mm. Ma, the founder, yeah. actually handed over the publicly traded Alibaba to his chief data officer, Jonathan mm. Liu. That's a massive role for a data-driven company. I know for a fact the world said I paid attention to that because that that really, really shook us. We had we'd never seen that happen before. Ever. Right. Um, Correct. So, in fact, that brings me back to one of the key points um, that uh, we didn't touch on earlier, and that is 
Speaking of big announcements, you've had a couple of big announcements uh, in the last week or two, but particularly yesterday, you put out a very big announcement. Did, did you want to chat about that now? Yesterday was a huge announcement, absolutely. I, I'll touch Tell on that. Tell us all about that. On, on that note, you know, uh, we were just talking about chief data officers who've become CEO, and uh, the big announcement yesterday was, of course, uh, DJ Patil, and Dr. Patil, as, as many listeners know, <laughs> Uh, was uh, we made him Chief Data Officer of the Year. It was the first ever wow. award, the first ever nominee of the Global Chief Data Officer of the Year Award. And uh, DJ, for those who don't know, was most recently Chief Data Officer at the White House. He was nominated by President Barack Obama in, uh, in 2013 to become the first ever Chief Data Officer at the White House, Office of Science and Technology Policy. But, you know, it doesn't start or end there. DJ has a very storied history in the public sector, the private sector, the Department of Defense. You know, he worked for Greylock Ventures and VC. His father was a famous venture capitalist. I mean, DJ has won numerous awards and has multiple patents, worked for LinkedIn, worked for eBay, you know. So he's got a good pedigree. A great pedigree. And no (laughs) one else you could possibly consider to be the first winner of this award, you know, than than DJ. So we're delighted. And as you know, uh, we were kind of following it, as you know, on LinkedIn. And, you know, it was amazing to me, not, um, I guess, not surprising to see just how many hits that got. Um, The other big announcement, though, was uh, touching on our previous point on CDOs becoming CEO. And yes. you had mentioned that it's mostly been in the digital track and that there have been very few chief data officers that have become CEO. We mentioned right. Jonathan Liu, but the big announcement uh, a week ago was that when we were in Australia, uh, I announced the first ever chief data officer of the year award for Australia, and we gave it to Simon Bly. Now, wow. Simon yeah. Bly, he's now CEO of Dun & Bradstreet. Talk about a data-driven company. Yes. And the fact that, to my knowledge, I only know of two chief data officers who've ever become CEO. It's Simon and Jonathan Liu from Alibaba. So he's in like very good company, right? They're in rarefied air. Rarefied air. And I think it's an important exemplar to other chief data officers to know that this career path is open to them, but that they do need that. Let's not have any, you know, unrealistic expectations. They do need to get certain skills that most data officers don't. Most of them are coming up through a technical track. And Simon, to be fair, Simon was a CFO for decades. He was CFO at, uh, first he was Chief Data Officer at Vita, which is why we elected him CDO of the Year. But prior to that, he was a a CFO for um, uh, a UK company uh, for, you know, 10 years. He was CFO in Europe, you know, 300 uh, uh, companies that he was in charge of throughout the world from right. France with thousands of employees and he was CFO at Sydney Airport yes. you know it's a major yes. brief you know that's a, a huge it doesn't brief. get much more serious than landing airplanes it does correct <laughs> and, you know you think about it he's too he's, a, he's an Englishman uh, so again we go back to that concept of talent and technology crossing borders you know Here's a guy who was in the UK, tremendous CFO experience in Europe, and also in Australia. So, um, yeah, two big announcements, but I think, again, it goes to the point of how important data is, and that's how important this conference is at IBM Interconnect, because IBM gets it. They have that hyper-focus on the CDO, and they know that these are not the future leaders of society. They're the current, and you know, go back to the robber barons of the old days. I mean, these are the current leaders It's like the breeding ground of the next CEO. Well, that's that's a great segue into the thing I was going to lead into, and maybe we'll just keep this to a minute or two. Um, You mentioned before, kind of one of your OMG moments at the event this week 
uh, here at uh, IBM Interconnect 2017 in Las Vegas was um, the, the Watson data platform and the making data simple key messages and the platform in particular. And you, you commented, and I, put the, I wrote this down, the struggle of all CDOs is they already have their data strategy set by now. And the challenge for them is to find people and teams who can put that data to use and extract value from it uh, for various reasons, whether it's a not-for-profit or government or enterprise. Um, maybe just give us a bit of a, a quick summary on kind of what that aha moment means in the context yeah. of what you said there with the, the struggle the CDOs have around data and extracting value, particularly in the context of what Watson Data Platform and the Making Data Simple message can do for sure. them. Oh, and especially extracting data and insights in real time. You know, oh, well, in the real, last yeah. three words Sorry. to me are the, the They're critical. They're selling, How right? do you, yeah, exactly, especially in retail or in financial markets, you know, or in medical or in pharmaceutical, that real-time component is becoming increasingly, not that it hasn't been, but increasingly important. But yeah, my aha moment was, you know, when I really dug deep into Watson. Now, I'm, it's not like I've never seen it before. As a mm, matter of fact, mm. we had the VP of Watson at my 2015 CDO Summit in New York City. Right. And uh, he, he kind of blew my mind. We were talking about how Watson had beat the three human being, you know, the two human champions on Jeopardy yes. on a live yep. quiz show, you know, to be able to ingest so much data and so much information and to be able to answer these questions and beat humans at this game, you know, I think... And in the, plain English. In plain English. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. No one was typing it in. Exactly. It's all in English. So that, that was my big aha moment and it extends to today. But for chief data officers, as you mentioned, you rightly point out that at most organizations that I would say are data mature, they do have their data strategy set, they've yeah. got their data governance strategy set, they've pretty much got the metadata, the taxonomies, you know, all that can be figured out relatively quickly. The real challenge is to be able to derive insights from that data and do correct analytics and be able to drive customer engagement in real time, whether it's, you know, weather data at a retail store, so they're snowing out, you know, let's put an emphasis on, you know, umbrellas and, and galoshes instead of bikinis, <laughs> right? I mean, gum boots. Kind of gum boots. <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, th that kind of analysis that needs to be done in real time, first of all, you're talking about a talent issue. And the biggest problem we have today is the talent issue. Right. By that I mean, it's relatively easy to get really, not I shouldn't say relatively easy, there still are few seasoned executives who are at the C-level chief data officers. There are about 2,000 worldwide yep. that we're tracking that have that exact title. There are wow. fewer chief analytics officers. There are only about a dozen CAOs, and that's a talent issue that all everyone is pointing out. You know, McKinsey is saying that there is a 190,000 person skill shortage with those skills, and that there's actually a two million person skill shortage. This is in the United States alone. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it, when you take it globally, the scale gets much bigger. You include India and China, where you've got over a billion human beings. That, like, it's, a, it's a big number, right? But it was interesting, and, and I'm going to move forward in a second because we are pressed for time. But you, you mentioned this phrase, and I, I wrote it down because I like it: to drive customer engagement in real time. I think we're, we're going to do another podcast on that because that itself is a topic. Absolutely. At this stage of the podcast. So I'd like to throw a quick challenge at you. It's, it's the rapid fire 30 second thoughts on key topics of the event. So I'm going to read them through and then come back to you. So um, enterprise strong, number one, data first, number two, and then cognitive to the core. Um, so in 30 seconds or less, rapid fire thoughts on what does enterprise strong mean uh, in the context of what we've seen this week? 
Yeah, for for chief digital for chief data officers, you can't. This can't be a test. This can't be a lab. You know, mm, it can't be something mm. that you're doing in just one department. This is something that has to scale up to the enterprise. I would go beyond their enterprise and say inter-enterprise. Yeah. How do we get our partners involved yeah. in sharing data and making sure. sure that the metadata is all correct? So this is an enterprise, and I would say a more robust and scalable that scales into the millions and millions of users. Yeah. And to me, enterprise strong really has to be robust, scalable, and uh, you know, easy to deploy. Fantastic. And again, what things like Watson Data Platform, they, they tick off all those boxes. Brilliant. Um, again, rapid fire, 30 seconds or less, data first. What does it mean to you in context of what you've seen this week? Oh, hey, you know, it's Simon Bly. He's CEO of Dun & Bradstreet, Chief yeah, Data Officer yeah. of the Year. You know, let's talk about private sector and then public. Data first. It, every organization today, data is the lifeblood of the online economy. Everything is moving online. Mm. Today's news was how many retail stores are being yeah, closed. Yeah. Everyone's moving online. Yeah. That's all data driven. That's private sector. Look at the public sector. The weather, you know, yeah. uh, every, everything that uh, DJ Patil did from helping, you know, uh, organizations, uh, police forces, emergency responders, first responders, uh, data drives decisions in government, in first responders, in law enforcement. Enforcement. So tie it all together, you know. Yeah. Data first. Uh, yeah. Well, you and I know this from our I history. I mean, we've been doing it's this like since. Uh, data is the punchline. To everything, <laughs> right? You know, data-driven decisions. No, that's great. Again, in 30 seconds or less, if you can. Uh, I know it's a big topic, but rapid-fire-wise, um, uh, cognitive, cognitive to the core. Yeah. What, what, do, what does that mean? Uh, after what you've seen this week and what you've absorbed from the uh, IBM Interconnect 2017 show. Sure. Cognitive to the core. I mean. To, to me and for representing chief data officers and chief analytics officers, you need a heuristic system. You need a system that's constantly learning. And if you've got a system like Watson, it's easy to plug through an API all of this data that's coming in across silos and potentially th from your partners and third party data from yeah. weather, et cetera, into uh, a system that's gonna be able to ingest that and then actually pull out uh, insights and analytics in real time. So I think to me, you know, it's uh, that the cognitive uh, computing is the future of analytics and it's the future of da its data and insights. It is absolutely the reason that I'm here. Yeah. And again, I think I mentioned I feel like I'm playing a Sherpa role to chief data officers. Uh, cognitive, if anyone is listening, if you're not a cognitive business, you need to be. That yeah. is the future. <laughs> you may not be around for a while. No, that's great. Yeah, exactly. Um, again, just in a couple of minutes uh, before we, uh, we sort of get to the, the tail end wrap up, um, Back to you personally, what, what would you say drives you? Um, what's your greatest passion in life and work? And with that in mind, um, could you share just a little bit about what you're working on at the moment with um, the types of things you've seen here at the, the show in, in the context of the CDO Summit and the CDO sure. Club? As I started out, I think I mentioned I feel like I'm a Sherpa yeah. and I need to come to Interconnect. You know, It's like if you've never been up Everest, you need a Sherpa to help you get there. And I think coming to Internet, you know, Interconnect and, and World of Watson, that's my Everest. And yeah. I can at least go back to the other chief data officers down at the you know level one and bring back to them some scraps of knowledge to help them make that leap themselves. And I'm a people person, Des. I I don't think it's about tech. 
Yeah. My first job ever was 1981. I was doing data input at the London Electricity Board in London. I'm a data guy, yeah, I think yeah, I'm a tech yeah. guy. I was using the first ever IBM PC that was launched. But it's all about us. people. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Hey, you can edit that out, right? <laughs> no, I'll leave it in there. Oh, thanks, but, but, you know, the more important thing is it's about people. And in my Sherpa role, the most important thing I can do is to help people get to the C-suite. I want to help. I know how important it is for all organizations to have the best digital and data people that are available. Mm -hmm. And I want to help my members make that leap and, and make that career path. And not all chief digital office, chief data officers will be CEO, but I know they need to be on boards. Yeah. Every publicly traded company out there needs to have somebody who understands data and analytics on their boards. It's critical. And so I, I want to help them break that yeah. ceiling I, and get I, to the I top. I couldn't of agree more. I've seen this in banks. I've seen it in wealth management companies. I've seen it in telcos. Uh, the CIO got removed from the boardroom. The risk officer right. got, you know, now they're bringing them back and, and things are turning around. But it's been a very slow, titanic turnaround. Um, look, it's, we've had a great little conversation here. I want to wrap up with two quick things if I could then. Um, so for folks who couldn't make it to the event here, uh, to the uh, 2017 uh, IBM uh, Interconnect event in Las Vegas, could you just quickly in a couple of minutes give us your thoughts on what exactly the extreme focus on the CDO um, means and how IBM's helping organizations with this renewed focus on the CDOs. First of all, if you weren't here, you need to come next time. Right, <laughs> you know, yeah, Get yourselves yeah. to interconnect. <laughs> um, but since uh, you know those listening couldn't make it, um, yeah, this hyper-focus on the CDO is critical because they're the new decision makers. You know, everyone wants to understand where's the budget going, where's the headcount going, where's the decision making going. Mm. And as you rightly point out, that CEO has always wanted to have the ear of the CEO mm. and the board mm. and never quite was able to get it. It was too technical of a role, but now it's a strategic role. Yeah. And that's why you get a guy like Adam Brotman, who's been at Starbucks for seven years, he gets a job, he gets a board slot at Neiman Marcus, a retail yeah. clothing yeah. manufacturer. Why? because they see at Neiman Marcus that data and digital are a strategic role. He's adding strategy uh, to their organization. So that's really what the core thing for me is. Fantastic. So to quickly wrap up, um, I've been asking everyone the same question. I'd really like to get your insights in 60 seconds. Uh, and it is a play on words. It's a pun and you're going to enjoy it. Um, for 2017 and the rest of the year, what's on the horizon? <laughs> What's on, it, it, you're exactly right, what's on the horizon? It's cognitive that's on, that's on the horizon. <laughs> you know, that machine learning, cognitive, AI, this is the future of data and analytics. You, we're, we're never going to be able to keep up as human beings with the incredible amount of data that's available now through mobile devices, through social media, you know, through all the inputs mm, that we have, mm. you know, as you rightly pointed out in your presentation at my CDO Summit, planes, you know, all, you yeah. know airplanes, automobiles, they're yeah. all now giving out tremendous amount of data. Imagine when we connect every sensor, you know, it's not just about people, it's about everything being connected yeah. to the internet through IoT, Internet of Things. As all of these things get connected, there's just a treasure trove of data, but it's overwhelming. So what is the solution? Yeah. It's got to be cognitive. It's got to be ML, machine learning, artificial intelligence, and sort of tying all of this together to make data simple for our CDOs. The perfect closing point. 
Absolutely fantastic. David, it's been an absolute pleasure to spend the week with you. Thank you so much for giving us half an hour of your time to do this podcast. Can't wait to do the next one with you. I'm glad you had a great week. I had a great week hanging out with you. Um, and just, yeah, thanks for being so much fun this week. Um, loved your insights in this podcast and uh, look forward to doing it again soon. Likewise, maybe in Australia. I hope so. Great, Des. Thanks, David.